Welcome to the Resolution Podcast, where we believe it's possible to overcome struggles and thrive in life. Here we discuss mental health, trauma, brokenness, healing, and ultimately how we can experience a thriving life with Jesus and others. These conversations are informed by my new book, Free to Thrive, co-authored with Josh McDowell. I'm your host, Ben Bennett. Welcome to season two. Well, hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Resolution Podcast. Ben Bennett here. And today we've got a very special bonus episode. I'm joined by Josh McDowell, and we'll be talking about how you can be free to thrive no matter the hurt or struggles holding you back. Hey, Josh, it's good to be with you today. Oh, let me tell you, just being with you is like dying going to heaven. <laughs> almost, oh, only, not quite, almost. Almost, that's, that's, that's the key right there, almost, not quite. Well, it is launch week for Josh and I's brand new book, Free to Thrive, let's go, got it right here just came out. You can get it wherever books are sold. And we're going to get into some untold stories behind the book and uh, some key principles to help you truly be free to thrive in life. So we'll just go ahead and jump into the topic today. Josh, let's, let's talk about how this book came about and how it might encourage and help people. You know, this whole book idea came in 2018. But prior to that, you and I had been working together for a year. We'd been talking about my story of growing up, experiencing hurt and mental health issues and addiction and how how I found freedom. We'd been talking about your story and, and, and the abuse and hardship you experienced and how that led to, to brokenness and coping later and how you found healing. And um you and I had been studying the effects of porn, of, of loneliness, of trauma, lack of emotional health all around the world and in the church and, and asking God to use us to bring hope and answers. And I still remember uh, it was the summer of 2018. You and I were on a boat traveling from Montevideo, Uruguay, down to Buenos Aires, Argentina. We had been doing uh, seminars speaking, and I I remember many, I approached you. How many you. books were born out of a boat? <laughs> how many boats? How many boats were no? How many books were born out of a boat? Well, at least this one was, and uh, I remember that's when I approached you and uh, about the idea of writing all of this. You know, I I really think Ben that as you say, as some leading up to this, you'd been thinking about the situation you grew up in and uh, the struggles that you faced. And I think especially you've seen the victories that you've had in so many areas that you wanted to make a difference in the world with it and wasn't quite sure how. Well, I think it was interesting. Simultaneously at the same time, God was doing the same thing in my life. Uh, Thanks, because of Dr. Henry Clouds in my life, I really gained a lot of victories over my background, my home life and all. And I was so excited for the changes I'd seen in my life. And I started to think about, yeah, but Josh, there's so many people out there in the world who have the same situation, most of them. And I would say the overall most of them are far worse than the situation I had to walk through. And so I started thinking, how in the world 
can you make a difference in that? And I remember thinking, well, you can do videos and all, that's good. Television, radio, that's good. But uh, I said, you really get into the detail and uh, through a book. And so I started thinking about a book. And uh, then we ended up together on that boat. Mm-hmm. And I think it's kind of cool that uh, we looked at your life, looked at mine, and thought, you know, there's differences, and yet there's a lot of things that are the same, but there's different solutions. God used a few different things in your life they did mine, et cetera. And so we decided combining together, we could actually impact more people uh, with it. And um, after 60 years of, in ministry, man, that's a long time. I'm an old man. Woo! 60 years in ministry. You but still look young. So, yeah, but see, it's so much brokenness. And um, a lot of the brokenness is because of the Internet, not caused by the Internet, but facilitated by the Internet, is that problems and everything spread so much faster now with the Internet. And as a result, uh, people realize they become conscious of their misery they become conscious of their problem and they start looking for answers. So I feel that you and I have a exceptional opportunity through this book, Free to Thrive, to make a difference at a real key point of time in history. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially on this side of the pa- pandemic as stuff is opening up more and more and returning to somewhat of a normal life, uh, as they say, past year was just so hard for, for so many of us. And, and, um, a lot of times we don't talk about how specifically Jesus brings healing and freedom to the relational hurts, the emotional hurts in people's life. And, um, we're really praying that this book can, can help because we, we get into all of that, but let's get into some of the things that are unique about this book. Cause of course there's a lot of books out there that talk about, uh, healing and freedom and and whatnot from a biblical basis, but um, there's some pretty specific, unique things. And, and first, I'd share that uh, what was really important to us as we wrote this was that it was holistic. Of course, the Bible is the foundation um, of it, but we bring in uh, information from neuroscience. I think it's so important to understand that, uh, of course, God created our our minds, our brains, and life has an impact on those. And it was important to bring in research, um, statistics, uh, psychological information uh, that, that backs up what the, the Bible says, uh, that gets more a little bit more into the, the nitty-gritty, so to speak, of principles in the Bible. Second, uh, what is really significant, I would say, is that this book combines decades of our experience in our lives, our healing journeys of research, of ministering to people, helping them start their healing journey. And it combines, I know, Josh, some of your best stuff, seeing yourself as God sees you, uh, phenomenal principles, and and some of my best stuff I've learned throughout the years working with people. And so that's exciting to have it all there in one place covering a myriad of topics, mental health, trauma, addiction, just struggles in our relationships, uh, struggles in our understanding of God and, and our self-image and how we can heal and um, 
overcome those things. And of course it took what, three years now? It's 2021. We started in 2018. We didn't rush the process. We really took the time to to do the research and, and ask how we could serve and, and help people through this. One thing I've liked about the book, Ben, is that you don't get bogged down with the problems that you're facing because interwoven all the way through it is that you're not alone and there is hope. There are answers. And so no point, the book is so practical, no point do you lose um, hope in it. And then I, I like it where in the end of every chapter, we have various really poignant questions uh, that we ask of the people. And then we got great diagrams, charts, that it's easy to understand these issues when you can see them charted out and uh, illustrated. Uh, but I think probably one of the best things in the book, and a lot of this comes from you, Ben, is that it's a wholesome apologetics. It's uh, apologetics means to set forth reasons why it's true. And um, with a wholesome apologetics, we take on the whole person uh, intellectually, emotionally, physically, spiritually, uh, not only the problems that stem from all this, but the answers that applies to all that. And, you know, in working on this, Ben, I realized one thing. Then I would study neuroscience, et cetera. And I say, boy, this is so true. Well, I know if it's true, then it's biblical. Mm. And if it's biblical, it's true. And so it really forced me, and I think you also, to really get into the scripture and say, now what is the truth the scripture is saying about these issues of neuroscience and our brain and our emotions and all? And so um, it's going to be a, full rounded approach to a person's life. Mm -hmm. Wholesome apologetics. We call it wholeness apologetics. You can call it whole apologetics. It's a, it's, it's all about the whole person. Uh, I know in the book we specifically diagram something we term the wholeness apologetic model and we get real, real specific, but it's so important these days to, to help the whole person uh, understand what, what the Christian worldview says about their life, their relationships, their their emotions, uh, God's design for our, our flourishing. And we we get into that and uh, explore that thoroughly in, in, in the book with all of those solutions. Um, let's talk about a couple key concepts of the book that will help people heal and be free to thrive. Uh, so one of the things you and I, Josh, have... Um, done or, or found after we met with therapists, did research, looked at the scriptures, looked at our own lives, is that God has created every human being with these seven longings, these seven foundational needs that lead somebody to a thriving life. And God designed it. And when those aren't fulfilled, we experience hurt. We start dealing with uh, lies. We start to struggle in our mental health. We develop sin patterns and so on. And of course, all those seven longings are important, but there's one at the foundation. Uh, it's a foundational longing that is so key to thriving. So Josh, will you tell us about that longing? Well, one of the key longings is acceptance. And in Romans fifteen seven, it says, therefore, accept each other 
Well, how? How do we accept each other? And it says, just as Christ has accepted you. Well, how did Christ accept us? I struggled with this for a while, Ben, and I realized that Christ accepted me just the way I am. Uh, he didn't put strings on it. I had a hard time accepting myself because, you know, it's amazing, the power of a father in a person's life. I can't remember a lot of sayings from my mother, but boy, can I really think of a lot of things my father said to me that left an impact. And one was, I was walking out to the bar, and I must have been, I don't know, maybe 10, 11, 12 years old. And uh, I was a little late for chores by about 10 minutes. And my dad walked from the barn, and I could see he was mad, walked towards me, and I got, oh, probably about 10 yards in the barn. He said, where you been? I've been waiting for you. And I started to make an excuse for it, why I was late. He says, look, he said, you were an unwanted child. Mm. He told me that right to my face. He said, we really never wanted you. But now that we have you, about the only thing you're good for is working the fields. I mean, Ben, that struck me to the core as a little kid. Yeah. But I would say there hasn't been three days gone by that once in those three days I didn't think about what my father said about me. Mm. And uh, it affected the way I looked at myself, how I felt others looked at me as a total failure, unacceptable and all. And uh, then when I met these people at the university, the race students, two professors, and one of their wives, and they were different. They seemed to have a genuine love and acceptance of each other. Mm. Now you'll find that everywhere. But what really caught me is that they seem to have that same love, authentic acceptance and everything of people outside their group. Well, let me tell you, with my background, I wanted that. I wanted that big time. And so I made friends with them. And I asked them one day, what makes you so different? Uh, why are you so different? They're the leaders, the students on campus and all. And this one young lady, oh, she was cute. I used to think all oh, Christians were ugly. I really did. But boy, this girl was cute. And um, she just looked at me and said two words that I never thought I'd hear in universities. She just looked at me and said, Jesus Christ. Mm. I said, oh, for God's sakes, don't give me that garbage. I'm sick and tired of that crap. And I lit into her and those others that were there. But they didn't back down. And here is some of the principles that I learned through trying to struggle with becoming a Christian and what my dad had said about me and how I perceived myself, that I'm not what I used to be. I'm not what I'm going to be. But I sure want to enjoy the process. I, I become convinced God is almost more concerned in my life about the process than the goal. Mm. And uh, how do I become the person God created me uh, to be? And I realize if I can't accept myself the way I am, 
here's the problem. Then you can't trust others to accept you the way you are. You're always going to have to be doing two things, covering things up, burying it, and making things up. You're either covering it up or making it up to be good enough to be accepted. And uh, that brought me, and one of the things that brought me to Christ when I realized that if I can't accept myself the way I am, then I have a higher standard than what God has. <laughs> now think of that. If you cannot accept yourself the way you are, with all your shortcomings, your, your blemishes and all, along with your good aspects and everything, if you can't accept yourself the way you are, then you have a higher standard than God has. Mm. And I realized that would be blasphemy. Uh, wow. And that was some of the things that really brought me to Christ. Mm. Uh, and I think after I trusted Christ as Savior and Lord, two things hit me. One, I am loved. You know, every person in the world wants to love or be loved. And I realized I am loved. God, for God so loved the world, that God so loved Josh that he gave his only begotten son. And it was so humbling, I realized two things. One, if I were the only person in the world, Christ still would have died for me. Boy, I had a hard time understanding that. But here is one that is even more difficult. And only the Holy Spirit could have taught me this when I realized that the God creator of the universe wants me to spend eternity with him. Hmm. Whoa. Now try to explain that one intellectually. I knew it was true. And uh, so little by little, my journey has been this, seeing myself as God sees me. And hmm. even now, having been a Christian for well, 50 some years, I'm still seeing things in my life as God sees, both good and bad. He sees the things that he can rejoice in. He sees the things that would would uh, kind of break his heart if I didn't change, even after 60 years of knowing Christ personally. And so, yes, it's good to have your eyes on the goal, but, oh, don't miss the journey. As one person put it, take time to smell the roses along the trip. Mm. Yeah, it's amazing just to hear how the lack of acceptance from your your dad uh, impacted so so much of your life and your view of yourself and then conversely how experiencing the fulfillment of that acceptance by God by other people led to such a more satisfying richer richer life and um I think that just points us to the reality that this is within us. We're designed to be accepted by God and by others. And so often we experience God's love, his acceptance through other people in such tangible ways when they encourage us, show up for us, uh, speak loving words to us. I, I know for, for me, Josh, I can relate to um, some of the things in your story, just for me, growing up, feeling rejected, like I didn't fit in with my friends, being bullied for my faith, for the music I listened to, often feeling like I didn't fit in into my family, experiencing my dad's harsh anger, and uh, just feeling like there's something wrong with me, not feeling accepted. But 
like you going away to college. I met some people who were radically in love with Jesus and following him, and they accepted me uh, as I was. They didn't try to fix me. They just uh, pointed me to the one who could uh, fix me and bring healing and freedom and, and forgiveness. And it was through those experiences of being loved and welcomed and accepted by others that eventually I started um, following Jesus again as an adult. And uh, here we are years, years later. Uh, a minute ago, you mentioned some of the the research and statistics and whatnot. Let's go ahead and, and get into that, the research on acceptance or lack thereof in people's lives. When there's a lack of acceptance in your life, one of the biggest things I see in statistics hold this out, you feel you have to prove yourself. You have to convince others you're worthy of acceptance. But you know, you know maybe this is only true in my life, but the more I did that, the less I felt accepted. Uh, the more I tried to be accepted, the less emotionally I felt that I was accepted. Now, to me, that's a paradox. Uh, but at least it caused me eventually to turn to Christ and, and see, well, how can God accept me this way I am? Then why can't I accept myself? That's probably the biggest thing to help me was just being honest. If God can accept me, what right do I have not to accept myself the way I am? And one of the problems was, is that I knew there were problems in my life. I knew there were things that were not honoring to the holy, just, righteous nature of God. Uh, and for a while, I felt if I had to accept myself the way I was, and I meant, well, that's okay in my life. And then I found out, no, these things are not okay in my life. But God accepts me, Josh McDowell, with them. But he does have a desire to see them change. That's part of acceptance. And so I realized that just accepting myself doesn't mean that that I become complacent with these things in my life that aren't good, but it means that I don't have to operate out of fear and performance. I can do it out of desiring to be like him. Uh, but it was quite a conflict in my life. But uh, the relationship with the father, I am convinced, well, I've done a lot of research on dads because of the books I've written, and plus looking at my own life as a dad. But uh, I'm convinced. Now, you have to understand, there's probably no one has spoken to more young people over their lifetime than I have. It's close to 45 million young people in 100 and some countries. I mean, I've given almost 30,000 talks. Uh, and I've come to the conclusion that probably... 90% of all the problems of young people stem from the father, not the mother. The mother is usually doing it right or trying her best. And so many fathers out in woolly woolly land, they're just, they're, they're not connected. They might be in the home. They might come home every night at five o'clock, but they don't connect with their family. They don't connect with their children. Uh, uh, Hey, be quiet. I'm tired. I've been at work all day today. No, I can't go out and do that. Don't you realize I've been working all day today, etc. Uh, and so 
the majority of these problems do stem from the father. Yeah, you know, Josh, I think about the research on the importance of, of self-acceptance and uh, recently coming across that, that if we have a lack of self-acceptance, it can lead to greater stress, greater anxiety, uh, and even less gray matter in the area of our brain that helps us control our emotions, which that means that we have less control, of course, over our emotions, but things like stress as well and anger and, and fear. Another study um, was done by the charity Action for Happiness, and it studied habits that led to people's greatest satisfaction in life. And I think there was about 10 habits that they asked people about, and they found that self-acceptance predicts life satisfaction most strongly, yet that was the habit that people practiced the least. And of course, we can't have self-acceptance without having God acceptance and and you know, our, our real acceptance comes from understanding how he accepts us and learning to accept ourselves, as you mentioned a couple minutes ago. And then also um, through other people, we start to uh, experience and uh, feel the love and acceptance of God. But I've witnessed so much in my own life, so, so many times in my friend's life that so many of us are rejecting ourselves. We're criticizing ourselves, rejecting ourselves more than so many other people do. Um, how we talk to ourselves matters. You know, so many times I witness someone beating themselves up or um, even in my own life in, in the past saying, come on, get it together, or I'm just going to fail at that. And um, consistently doing that could be considered abuse. So many of us are... are self-abusing ourselves uh, with those statements. And, you know, that's not what God does with us. Romans 8, 1 says there's no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. May we stop self-condemning and start speaking encouragement, life, love, compassion, uh, speaking to ourselves the way that, that God speaks to us. That is one of the ways I've seen in, in my own life just so much healing and uh, thriving start to take place. Well, you know, there was a study done in 2004 that speaks about this. And let me read it. It says, exposure to ostracism. In other words, short period of time when you feel alone, you don't feel accepted, uh, reject, etc. Exposure to ostracism for a short period of time results in worsened mood, worse anger, and lower levels of four fundamental needs. You feel less belonging, less in control, less self-esteem, and that you have less meaningful existence. And that saying, just for a short period of time. Now, they don't say how long is a short period of time. But in just a short period of time, the lack of acceptance can affect you that greatly. Woof! It shows how your mental thoughts can affect your physical emotions. And then it says this, so, but acceptance boasts, boosts self-esteem, reduces anxiety. When you know that you are accepted and accept yourself, it increases your self-esteem. It reduces anxiety and depression. Uh, several 
of the world leading epidemics is loneliness, anxiety, and depression. And it's interesting, right here, it relates to two of those are reduced globally through mm. acceptance. And it says it leads to a greater sense of belonging and purpose. I would put it this way. I can't imagine how anyone can come close to being a healthy, happy individual without having people around them who love them and accept them for who they are and they accept themselves for who they are. I just, I, I can't imagine what all the research shows uh, and the implications of it when you're not accepted just for a brief period of time, the implications emotionally in your life. Uh, wow. Uh, think what Christ must have felt. Uh, when he went off to the garden by himself and there. You know, as I think about the uh, importance of these seven longings and acceptance and how that leads to a thriving life, I also think about how we've seen, Josh, uh, the um, rejection of those things or the unfulfillment, how that leads to so many struggles in people's lives. You know, we found that Things like porn, shame, anxiety, de depression, uh, these things aren't random. They're signals to be answered. Instead of trying to just look at them as problems to get rid of, um, th they're signals. And those are signals that we need to question and figure out what's really going on. They're signals for the seven longings, things like acceptance. I think of how I've seen this in so many people's lives. Uh, a couple years ago, I was mentoring a guy and uh, we started talking about his life growing up. Um, and uh, he shared how he often didn't feel accepted for who he was. He felt like he couldn't measure up to his parents' expectations. They often said he was too emotional. Uh, his grades often weren't good enough for their standards. So he had this deep longing for acceptance, to be loved and welcomed as he was. And so we started talking about those signals, those problems. We talked about the times he got angry, the times he got depressed, the times he went back to porn. Sure enough, there was always a situation right before where he felt rejected. He didn't feel good enough. He failed a test. He saw uh, his ex-girlfriend on campus with another person. And in, in that moment, it brought with it uh, this feeling of not being accepted in the present, but all of those past experiences. Uh, and it was just so overwhelming. And so no wonder he started to feel shame or depressed or, or, or go cope with it. Yeah, he'd been uh, caught in that cycle for years. And it wasn't until he realized the signal, realized what was going on deeper than that, that he could truly answer it and find and that's how he found healing and freedom. He started to realize, oh, I'm feeling rejected. What I am longing for is one of these seven longings. It's acceptance by God and other people. So as he started to connect with God, connect with other people, feel loved and accepted, he started going to porn less, stopped getting, it was, it was wild. He was way less of an angry person. And it's, just amazing how this this one thing, how powerful this one thing is in our life, and especially when it comes to 
spirituality, when it comes to uh, our relationship with God. And all of this points us that we're to the fact that we are designed on purpose for a, a purpose. We're designed by a God who loves us, he cares for us, and he wants to protect us and provide for us. You know, if people could just realize that Christianity is not a religion, it's a relationship. Let me show you what I mean. As far as I know, and I wrote a book on world religions, all other world religions is based upon one's effort to please and to be accepted by God. Uh, working away to God through good works, religious ritual, uh, baptism, uh, church attendance, everything. I'm doing this in order to please God that he will accept me. But it's kind of hard. You see, we can understand that concept because that's what we do as individuals. But to understand that religions, men and women, working their way to God to be accepted, to be uh, received by him through our good works. But Christianity is God, not us working our way to God. It's God coming to us. I mean, this is amazing. God came out of eternity and said, uh, he sent his only begotten son to die on the cross for our sins. You might say he invaded earth through his son. Religion is us trying to work our way to God. Christianity is God coming to us, offering us a relationship. And it took me a while to accept this, is that this relationship is based upon trusting Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord, who God sent into the world 2,000 years ago, who lived a holy, sinless life. And when he went to the cross, he wasn't going to cross for any sin he had ever committed. There was no sin in his life. He took the sins of the world, our sins, upon himself. And when he went to the cross 2,000 years ago, God released his holy, just, righteous, loving wrath upon his son. And when Jesus said, it is finished, what that meant, as it points out in Romans 3, is that the holy, just, righteous nature of God was propitiated. The word propitiated means satisfied. All the consequences of the sin in my life were taken upon Christ. When he said, it is finished, the holy, just, righteous nature of God was propitiated or satisfied, which in human terms set God free to deal with us in his love without his wrath having to destroy us because his wrath was satisfied, propitiated in his son, Jesus Christ, who took the sins of the world upon himself. So God is free to deal with us to offer us a relationship with himself. I couldn't grasp that for a long time. But once I did, I wanted it right away to think that God invaded my world through his son, Jesus Christ, to take my sins upon him so he could save me and not have to destroy me. Uh, and that's the story of Christianity. And also that's unconditional acceptance and love. Mm. 
I didn't do anything to earn that love and acceptance from God. Um, we can't love that way. We cannot, I don't believe you can, I know I can, I don't believe there's anyone that can express unconditional love. We can express as humans conditionless love. Mm -hmm. And uh, God allowed me to see things in other people's lives that I wouldn't have seen if I hadn't experienced his grace and his forgiveness in my own life. Mm. That's conditionless love and acceptance. Amazing. Love it. Um, it's amazing. God accepts us as we are through Jesus who dealt with all of our wrongs, all of our sin, uh, and welcome, welcomes us as we are in, in, uh, through him, and we're able to receive that forgiveness. And I think it's amazing, too, that God doesn't just love us as a result of Jesus' work on the cross. Rather, he loved us before, and that's why he went to the cross, to restore a relationship uh, with with us. Before we close, I wanted to share just a couple practical steps um, that we can start to experience acceptance that will really help uh, us just be free to thrive. One is it's so important, like we've talked about, with our relationship with God, um, to dwell on his acceptance, his character, his his love, his goodness, to think about what he has done in the past and that he's he's not obsessed with our sin. He dealt with it. He got it out of the way. He forgives us. And now he delights in us if we have a personal relationship uh, with him. Second, with others. It's so important to find some safe people who won't judge us or condemn us, but will encourage us, support us in our journey, and uh, to accept them, of course, and to have these new experiences. You know, so often what can hurt us the most is relationships, and also what can heal us the most is relationships. <laughs> even, Good way to put it. Even in our brains, we remember we have these significant memories of being rejected by others. Well, in the same part of our brain, our limbic system, we have when we have these new experiences of being accepted by others, uh, it starts to combat those old lies from negative experiences. And then the last one with with ourselves. So often we can forget about this, but we have a relationship with ourselves. Uh, I mentioned a moment ago that we need to really stop the negative self-talk and remember that God didn't mess up when he created us. Think of Psalm 139, how he intricately wove us and created us together in our, our mother's womb. Everything was intentional, whether it's our personality or our quirks, the things we don't like about ourselves. He didn't mess up. It's so important to learn to embrace it and see it as um, something that God wants to do through us. We all are made in the image of God, Genesis one twenty seven, and he wants to display his goodness and his glory through us in the life of other people. So we get into so much more about this and different topics in our new book, Free to Thrive, that is out now. Whether you're watching or listening, so many of our struggles, the anxiety, the anger, the unhealthy relationships, the things we want to stop doing are, are developed as a result of these unmet seven 
longings. Of course, for many, it starts with rejection rather than acceptance. Uh, and we need to experience them to heal and to start thriving in life. So pick up the book, Free to Thrive, out now to go deeper on those seven longings and find uh, the answers to those signals or the problems in your life. And as you ask God to bring healing and freedom. Josh, what an honor it is to get to do this with you, trusting God to bring healing, freedom, salvation to people all around the world. Well, it's worth it all, all the work, the effort, the book, everything, if it just helped one person. Mm. But it's going to help one person at a time and will equal many people. I really do. I believe the book. People will see themselves in it and they'll see him in it and the answers that he has. If we can accomplish that, it makes everything worthwhile. Mm. Awesome. Yep. Get the book now wherever books are sold. You can also go to freetothrivebook.com for all of the resources. Thanks for checking out the Resolution Podcast. To go deeper on today's topic, get my new book, Free to Thrive, at resolutionmovement.org, as well as access a variety of free resources. If this episode encouraged you, please take a moment to rate it, share it, and subscribe. You can listen to us wherever podcasts are found, as well as watch the visual version of each episode on our YouTube channel. Connect with us by searching Resolution Movement on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube. See you soon.